Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with veteran jazz organist Pat Bianchi. He took some time out from his busy jazz life to talk about his latest 2018 CD called In the Moment. And he reflected on a December 8, 2018 Kansas City show with Vibes Cat Joe Locke and drummer Marvin Smitty at the Blue Room off 18 and Vine. This two-time Grammy-nominated cat comes from a musically gifted family. He started playing organ at the age of seven after he got one as a Christmas gift. His grandfathers, along with his father, were all musicians. And they provided a great deal of support and guidance very early on in his musical development that led to him eventually performing with dance bands around his hometown of Rochester, New York. His hero, Joey DeFrancesco, was the ultimate reason he would leave the piano behind for the Hammond B3. And he's got some great stories. So get to know him and dig this interview, my friends. Pat, again, hey, thank you for taking a minute out for Neon Jazz. Thank you for uh, having me. I really appreciate being a guest. Absolutely, man. So I just got to start off, before we get into your latest album in the moment, I caught you in Kansas City on December the 8th at the Blue Room. It was a great surprise. And you were with Smitty and Joe Locke, and you guys were tearing it up. Talk to me about that show here in Kansas City. I mean, well, first of all, the whole tour, including that show, was a blast. That trio is, to me, we've only played together a handful of times. And the last time we had played together outside of this uh, short run that we had done, this on uh, December 7, 8, 9, was spring of 2017 i believe so it's been quite a while since we played together the thing that's really special is we could we sit down and play and it's like we really had not stopped playing even the fact we were playing brand new compositions by joe and some tunes we hadn't played you know uh, in a long time i think things felt so natural and feels like in place you know so it's, it's really special in that kind of connection that we all have i feel like well, and I think that's the beauty of seeing jazz live. I mean, it's one thing to hear a recording, but when you see a group collective, there was no doubt, I don't think, for anybody in that room that knew that you guys were a pretty tight-knit group and you you just could feel it in the room. So it was a pleasure to see you guys, for sure. Um, oh, thank you. Was there any kind of bespeckled notion of being there off 18 and Vine with all the history that Kansas City holds? Of course, I mean, you know, it's it's like the equivalent in a lot of ways, like, you know, the feeling that when, like, you know, I played Village Vanguard, all the history that's happened there, you know, all the people that have played there, all the people that have hung there, I mean, it's something you could just kind of feel in the air, I guess you could say, and just kind of, you know, even, like, you know, I was walking around the club, you know, before we were playing it on our breaks, and just to, you know, see the different posters and the pictures of people who played in that area, it's 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 pretty mind-blowing. You know, so it's a very special place for sure. Absolutely. So let's talk about your latest recording in the moment. Great, great album. Joe's on this with you. Talk to me about this recording. Um, thank you. Yeah, I'm, it's every project. Well, actually, I started this project almost two years ago. You know, and I got a lot of basic stuff recorded. A lot of everything pretty much recorded back then, but I just never had the time between. Uh, dealing with, you know, I, I, uh, my main gig these days is touring with Pat Martino, a great legendary guitar player. So doing that, you know, I teach part-time at Temple University of Philadelphia, all these different things. So the recording kind of went in the back for a while. But the whole idea was initially just, you know, a lot of people that I've worked with 
over the years I wanted to play with, but in different formats, different kind, you know, different trio formats, whether it would be the vibes, drums, and, and uh, organ, or vocals with the organ, you know, a couple different guitar players, which kind of was a good challenge because it put me in different places musically. Since everybody plays different, you don't play the same with everybody. You know, it kind of gave me a challenge to rush for rise up to, I guess you could say. So how do you view each of your albums? Is it an imprint in time? Do you see it as trying new things? Kind of what's your overall philosophy with releases? I think for me, releases, it's, it's hard to say. You know, I mean, I think it's part of it is like, you know, that moment in time. But also, each one I feel like is a step of growth. You know, I mean, um, from going back from East Coast Roots, which was my first record with Byron Landham and Mark Whitfield, you know, of course, doing challenging material, you know, playing with two world-class musicians and kind of each CD after that, you know, more and more challenges for myself. And I think, you know, each one, I feel like I'm trying to step into a role more of a as an official leader, you know, because I mean, there's so many people to do projects now that are, um, you know, mainly working with other people, you know, and now I'm coming to a point where I'm establishing myself and trying to establish myself more as a leader. And, you know, in this particular recording, for example, having many special guests who I look up to and I don't consider them peers, I consider them mentors. So for them, being willing to share their, their their gifts on this recording, you know, is, you know, I feel like a step for me in my musical evolution, I guess you could say. Since this time of year, this is this is actually timely and thematical. At the age of seven, you get a Christmas gift. You get an organ. Talk to me about that first organ and talk to me about kind of your childhood in Rochester. Yeah. Well, you know, I started off, you know, firstly, you know, I come from a long line of musicians in my family. A lot of them were... Uh, dance band musicians, you know, at the time, you know, back in the late 70s, early 80s, even before, it was popular to have smaller groups that played big band style music for private functions and whatnot, and my father was a drummer. Both grandfathers, well, one was a trumpet player, one was a saxophone player, and a keyboard player. So my father would record his band, you know, he was big into recording, too, on the weekends, and bring home the cassettes and the reel-to-reels, and we would listen to them together, and I was always just fascinated. I'd sit there and just listen. And I was fascinated with what I thought was a keyboard sound, you know, uh, you know, but it was actually what was called a quarter box, and it was basically an accordion with an organ built into it. And so I was just fascinated with that sound, and I had a little toy keyboard, 